0: Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra.
1: Happy New Year, and thanks for inviting me into your home, your long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well appointed basement with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and ah, your cabin in the woods. Carlos Kajina is the technical producer, Ryan White is the live stream producer, and we are live streaming on my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, and also my Rumble channel, Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. The unique Commonwealth of Kentucky is in our spotlight this hour. What is it about the bluegrass state that lends itself to so many tales of high strangeness? Could it have Something to do with the Appalachian Mountains being among the world's oldest. There's the the Pennyroyal Plateau, a geographical area that stretches from Hopkinsville in the west to the Appalachian Mountains in the east and north to the rolling bluegrass of Lexington. The entire Pennyroyal region is unique in that it's a karst region characterized by sinkholes and caves. There are haunted locations like the Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Louisville, but that's just scratching the surface. In fact, virtually every county in Kentucky, and there are about 120 of them, 120 has a tale of high strangeness, hauntings, cryptids, unsolved mysteries. And my guest this hour has tackled every one of Kentucky's counties. He's back with his second volume. On the subject. Paranormal researcher Steve E. Asher is a native of Princeton, Kentucky. He's also a published author with multiple books to his credit. He's an artist, a podcast host, a musician. Previously, Steve worked over 10 years in law enforcement and as a correctional officer. He's a long time researcher of the strange and unusual. He's traveled worldwide to learn uh, of legends and folklore from other cultures. He's an avid lover of the nighttime. He said this is when he feels most truly alive in the darkness of the night and therefore most productive in his paranormal research and writing his list of published works include hauntings of the Western Lunatic Asylum, hauntings of the Kentucky State Penitentiary, hauntings of the St. Vincent Academy, Short Stories for Darker Nights, Curious Counties from Kentucky, Dang Strange and Mostly True Tales, and his latest, More Curious Counties of Kentucky. Steve Asher, welcome back to the program. How are you, my friend? Thank you for having us here. So, I know I've asked you this before, but it continues to confound me. Not only Kentucky, but you're a native of Kentucky, but the whole Appalachian region. I mentioned, you know, the the age of... I think the Blue Ridge Mountains, next to a mountain range, I think in South Africa, are among the world's oldest, like over a billion years old. Does that have something to do with why Kentucky and Appalachia seem to be a focal point of hauntings and paranormal activity? What is it? Is it the fact that they have these karst regions, these subterranean levels to Kentucky, caves and caverns? What's going on there?
0: A lot of times these things come down to faith. I try to go on the scientific method with these things. But when you j- jump off into the elements of folklore and things of that nature, uh, you're going to have to, like you said, have that amount, that element of suspension of the leap. From the scientific part of uh, everything, of course, car systems are full of water. Uh, it's more so toward the central and the northern part of, uh, of the state. But we definitely have car systems all through through Caldwell County and Hopkins County and the other counties right in this area, and obviously there's a lot of lime, limestone, granite, a lot of crystallizations. Uh, a lot of the caves here have tons and tons of spar, fluorospar, things of that nature. And um anything that interacts with electromagnetic fields, you know, just like again, like a radio, like the old school radios that used to have the crystals in it, can channel and put out a certain amount of frequencies. And we all know that humans respond to frequency. uh, Pardon me, frequencies. uh, Even in people in working on depression and things like that, trying to help people with a calming frequency. And then also on the more malicious side, people can definitely use certain frequencies to harm people without ever touching them. I mean, you've seen these in sort of black project weaponry and things like that. So uh, I don't know. I definitely think it's that and. A lot of Kentucky was hunting grounds. It was sort of almost kind of considered a bewitched area. It was there to use, but it was almost like it was unclaimable because it seemed as soon as one got on top of a hill, there was another person waiting to knock them down. And this goes pre-Native Americans all the way up to today. There always seems to have been a lot of blood on the ground.
1: Right. So you had the – is it the Shawnee and the the Cherokee, two of the more primary – Native American tribes in the state were they warring sure. constantly? Was there a lot of
0: bloodshed between those tribes as well well, honestly again that, that falls under who you'd speak to. I know there was always that natural everybody was jockeying for position, everybody wanted to make sure that their tribes and whatnot was able to survive and uh, you know flourish and whatnot but uh yeah, I mean you know obviously there was warring between tribes, and it was just one of those things that. Some were a little bit more hardcore than other ones. I know, like, uh, again, there's so many places here that's named after, like uh, Chief Parduk and Chief things like that, just in the little town of Katawa, or they call it Katawa here, a little variation on the original name. But it is one of those things. You kind of got to step, step back from it and can kind of look at some of the fossil records and things like that. But, yeah, yeah, there's a there was war going on for sure.
1: And then during the, the Civil War, you had... I mean, there were counties that were pro-Confederate and you had counties that were, I guess, pro-Union. So Kentucky was really a hotbed. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of conflict there during the Civil War, right? So a lot of bloodshed. And then you had, on top of all of that, you had, because Kentucky is so rich in resources, you had coal mine disasters and you had prospecting and no doubt battles over the silver mines and gold mines. And so I guess all of that kind of comes together in this great stew of, you know, hauntings and paranormal activity. Why does Kentucky have so many counties? There are
0: 120. Why so many? Honestly, I believe it was probably a situation where you got to remember after, like Revolutionary War and things like that, this was sort of the virgin area. This is, you know, originally Kentucky was known as going to be called Transylvania, which is the land beyond the trees, which I totally would have loved if this would be called Transylvania, or New Transylvania. I'll, I'll bet. It yeah. Out. It would have served my needs very well. But there were so many different people as part of their pensions and rewards. You know, there's not this and that bridge. There's a Draftonville, General Draftonville, or whomever. Everything is named after somebody or something or somewhat. I think it probably had more to do with that. You know, there were several counties that were broke down, or had been a seat of one of the other three to four counties. Things morphed in shape as time went on.
1: Okay, so let's begin. And again, this is the second volume. So in the first volume of Curious Counties, I guess you tackled – and you, these are all alphabetical. So you tackled the counties from A to uh, J, and now more Curious Counties picks up with K, counties beginning with K, which takes us to Knox County, Kentucky. This was the home of
0: Daniel Boone, was it not? Right. Well, and you know, and again, what's so funny is that this is back when before, obviously there was highways. Everything was off of a hunting trail. That's why we have so many darn accidents here. I mean, deers are everywhere, and it's like, well, why are they all on the road? Because we decided to take over their hunting trails, and because it was easier to lay down streets. But yeah, he was very big, and obviously in this area and in, in Kentucky folklore. And as you'd mentioned, there was a lot of rich coal deposits and things like that and a whole lot of different reserves, oil reserves. A lot of people don't realize that we do have oil here. You know, obviously natural gas is a big thing. But there were, uh, you you were talking about, there's an area which is now known as Gilliam Hill, which uh, Daniel Boone had helped map and do all that. And a lot of people refer to this spot as Booger Mountain I don't pick the names, folks. That's I won't probably. ask why. <laughs> well, no, okay. Booger here is like a scary kind of entity. A haint is a ghost, things like that. It's just the little southern twist that for whatever reason, there it is. Don't try to understand it. Don't try to change it. Just go, okay. Uh, it's All kind right. Of how you have to Booger go Mountain. Booger Mountain. And uh, it was very strange that some years later, And I'm sure you guys have probably heard of things like like the old ghost stories, Red Savine, right? You know, all all those haunted 18-wheelers. And this is, I don't know if this is the start of that or not, but there was supposedly a a spectral Saturday night visitation by one of these 18-wheelers. And it's a situation where they would almost run people off the road. I mean, people would seriously come up, you know, almost go off down into the, off the Appalachians and stuff. And they would come up and trying to get over, and they're trying to find some way off the road, and uh, what would end up happening, this thing would either barely miss them and or, in other situations, actually partially go through the side of the vehicle where the driver is, and you would see that the passenger would watch that go through them in this sort of holographic rush. You know, think of, like, Ghostbusters when the, uh, the old, uh, was it like a, Sub uh, subway or something come ripping through past one of the guys, you know, and he's sitting there very, very shook. It's very much like that, except instead of being on the ground, you're several thousand feet up in the air. And this is something that uh, had continued and and still does, you know. And a lot of times, people will avoid certain areas, especially on Saturday nights, due to that fact.
1: So, how far back does this specter of a, a
0: ghost truck go? Well. You know, uh, they really found a lot of these reserves probably around 1900. I mean, we've had automotives for a hot minute, so I mean, there had always been, again, Booger Mountain. It was it, that was way before the, the semi came into play there. But there had always been high strangeness to, to, quote the late great Art Bell, going on up, up and down that mountain.
1: Have you ever been on that stretch of
0: road? I have not. I, I was able to uh, travel. Out in eastern Kentucky, up around some of the Appalachians, out where we discussed like the uh, Kentucky meat rain in the the previous book, and uh, around uh, Alletsville, Kentucky. But yeah, I've been able to go down, you know, check out, you know, places in Tennessee along the trail and whatnot. So, but that particular spot, I have not. I'm not sure if I want to, you know, especially on a Saturday night.
1: Right, right. So, from Knox County to the next county alphabetically is LaRue, and this is the childhood home of Abraham Lincoln. So much history here. We just talked about Daniel Boone in Knox County and now the childhood home of the 16th president, LaRue County. What's happening there?
0: Well, you know, as you'd mentioned, this was the childhood home of Abraham Lincoln. And and it's one of those things, it depends on who you talk to. As a Canadian, you know there are certain stereotypes. And they're not always bad. You guys are very, very polite. I will give you that. And, uh, but then they also have certain things going, well, no one can, in the old days, obviously there were Civil War issues, but we're going, hey, that's, this is our president. This is wonderful. And we cling to those relationships, you know, and it's, it's really fun to be able to, like you said, have presidents come from there. You were talking about that county. Hodginsville, Kentucky, is that was actually, uh, the county seat of that. And, uh, it was around 1816 that the family moved from there t- onto Indiana. And this is right around the same time Mary Shelley had, you know, wrote, the Frankenstein novel, and it was something that happened. There's a thing called the Mount Tambora explosion. I have heard of, like, the Great Russian Explosion that happened many, many years ago, but I'd never heard anything about this. But apparently it was one of the largest eruptions in recorded history. I did not know this. That's the great thing about when I write these things is, like, I had no clue. I had no clue about it, and uh, apparently it had spread lava well over a hundred-mile kill zone, blocked out the sun, killing a lot of crops, and there was a lot of dark elements to this chapter. Um, it touched on there were several uh, several people that straight starved to death or froze to death just because they, they didn't have the resources to make it, and there, there was no FEMA. Thank God for, you know, uh, for whatever your belief on FEMA is, you know, if somebody can bring you some help, especially with the tornadoes that we recently had, it's good to see some outreach. But obviously, it, that wasn't there. But not only was the starvation element there, the death of that, then, again, people would loot, turn violent on each other. That's that common denominator. And sadly, sometimes people go, go for the most basic the survival element, and sometimes it means taking someone out, and that's unfortunate. But, you know, there were still, again, this story to that due to the fact that it was just really weird. It was just an odd, very unhealthy situation. And I mean, people were frozen around hearths. I mean, that's what I'm trying to tell you. It, it's just like, just, it was just horrific.
1: Did it hit LaRue County particularly hard? And and for those not familiar with uh, this volcanic explosion, I think it was in the South Pacific down in Bali, that area, it was called the year with no summer, because as you say, You know, there was so much volcanic ash, it blotted out the sun. So there were massive, massive crop failures all over the world. I don't know if it's coincidental. Is that why the Lincoln family moved out of Kentucky into Indiana because of crop failure or that
0: particular area was harder hit than elsewhere? You know, I honestly think that's probably true. I believe that there were some issues for the family to begin with. I mean, if things had just went a little bit different, they decided to stay there and kind of just scratch it out and deal with it you know we possibly would have never had a Lincoln as president much less I mean alive much less as a president
1: right right and so as you point out in in the book more curious counties people were resorted to to uh eating their pets their horses uh in order to stay alive I want to ask you about this is uh an interesting story that comes from Laurel County, Kentucky, and a poor soul by the name of Reuben Ridge. We've just got about two minutes here, but tell us about Reuben Ridge.
0: Man, you know it, that's one of those things where, um, oh my God, it was so interesting, um, because it, it's Reuben Ridge is like I said. There's so many lush fields in that area um, that you know a lot of people obviously loved all that and, and stuck to a lot of the the faith and the things of her of their fathers you know that's one of those things a lot of times you will have you will have that kind of situation going on which is funny uh... they had a thing known as the battle of wildcat mountain up that area uh... that was during the civil war and then of course there was a actually the first fried uh... first fried chicken uh... apparently began there and uh... they actually have a world chicken festival which is really strange but um but yeah, it is really odd that uh there's so many elements of uh of that along along with um along with that particular story you're talking about um now he was this sort of gentleman um he was he was pretty hardcore okay he's a very hardcore guy uh and basically they said that the the legend said that he was a very despondent and involved locked in the fit of depression over a recent breakup with his girlfriend that he had climbed on top of his green red pickup truck and loosened himself up, as we would say here, and uh, let his feet slip off the cab. Now, you will have people, if they're driving that particular place, they will have certain paranormal activity there. They will hear the sound of tightening ropes, they will have uh, you know the, the trees are cracking uh, sound some people say it's the uh, trees moving some people swear it is the fractured neck bones of this uh of this boy yeah, like,
1: so he hanged himself in other words he he put a noose around his neck fastened it to a tree limb and and jumped got up on a the cab of his truck and then basically just slid off and hanged himself
0: right yeah he just he just let go let go of this world and again I hate that. Um, some of these are dark. Some of these are dark stories. Uh, not of them are, but it is that situation where you do have um, you do have that situation of. Do uh, people see? American do they real. see
1: an apparition uh, 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 that they believe is Reuben Ridge?
0: What I've understood is it's sort of like out, like because of the trees and the leaves, they will sort of see motion swinging. Like pushing the leaves back and forth, almost like something's unseen, but sort of a human outline, not a full on apparition, which that's enough for me. You know, Likewise. I, would, I don't Likewise. Think I want to see that.
1: All right, Steve, we'll uh, take a time out. Steve Asher, folklorist, and uh, his latest is More Curious Counties of Kentucky. Back with more in a moment. Stay with us.
0: You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett.
1: Welcome back. Steve E. Asher is with us, and he's got another one out just hot off the presses. Uh, More Curious Counties of Kentucky. Uh, This is really volume two. Uh, And he's basically looking at high strangeness in each and every county, all 120 in Kentucky. Uh, This has to be just based on the... uh, the name alone—it should be a movie. Uh, maybe there has been a movie made about cannibal cowboys. Where in Kentucky uh, do we find cannibal cowboys? I need to know because I'll—I'll give it a wide berth.
0: <laughs> well, like you said, it's one of those things that you have—you uh, do have that element of uh, warfare, and it is sort of a thing where you're going to have—you're going to have. Uh, you're gonna have Pretty dark elements come out, and you know there were certain groups. As we had mentioned before, off uh, on on another show, we were touching on uh, the elements of the uh, Hart brothers, and we talked about some of their dark elements, red gangs and whatnot. Uh, and it was a thing of more or less um, not only just. Going in being militia or, or, or mercenaries to going straight on into uh, just con- literally consuming everything about it. And that's, that's what that situation was. You know, you're going to, you have certain people, uh, not only just on the trail, but you did have certain people that would go and become more or less, uh, pariahs and they would systematically do this. And it wasn't so much like a Donner Party situation. It wasn't so much like a an issue where uh, uh, you know, you were trying to uh, it, it, basically keep off the uh, keep off the um, what do you call it? to off starvation. Starve off starvation. That's the only thing to say. But, you know, push off starvation. Uh, you would have that situation of it, it was there. It was there love of uh love of that of that human interview. flesh, yes, yes, uh, human flesh and, and just the uh the taste of it again, because I'd worked in corrections before all this, you know i it's one of those weird conversations, weird conversations that you will have, and uh what you know you so you learn a little bit about it, and I've never in in my research, you know of course touching on like serial killers and whatnot. It makes you uh, kind of look at it and uh, and be like, okay, why? Why would it, why would you want that? What? Why? Why once? Why fifty times? Okay. Uh,
1: like well how say, many victims that, did this? Uh, and was this one of the Hart brothers, or was it the entire family that were killing? They were serial killers, right? And they were they were eating their victims. Was right. Well, this was the, the Hart so brothers, start, or just started, one of the Hart brothers?
0: Well, yeah, yeah, it was, it's, it's uh, yeah, yeah, them among others. You know, it was a thing where some people would start out as mercenaries. Some people would do things to put fear, you know, it, only, it really only takes killing somebody, one or two people, really, really badly to get the point. And that's what had happened. Um, but like I said, there was a situation where, like you said, the Hart brothers, they had rape gangs. They had, you know, whether they would kidnap women. You know, impregnate them, beat them, and basically turn them into, uh, you know, just... Sex slaves. Sex almost. Really. Uh, And it would be a thing where you were left with that thing of going, okay, this is life now. And um, so it is is just really, it's just like I said, some very dark chapters. Right.
1: Okay. Uh, Leslie County, there is... um a story of something called the Yahoos, which I believe is also it's
0: based on a Cherokee word. What are the Yahoos? Okay, the Yahoos. Well, you know, when that kind of goes back into dealing with some stuff with Daniel Boone and people like that, uh, The funny thing is when you had that that name, again it was based on, a, on I believe it was a Cherokee word. And I cannot pronounce it right. I don't want to mis- mispronounce it, and I apologize. But it was one of those things where Daniel Boone had come across, like they talk about the Kentucky Wildman, and referred to it as a Yahoo. And so there you go. You're dealing with the um, the thing of uh, a, cultural, a cultural kind of bleed over where it becomes something else. And uh, this is right up around, if I'm not mistaken, Lower Devil Creek area, not too far from Beattyville. Uh, this is actually a, a, sh- a very sacred place of the Shawnee Nation. And, you know, it's where, uh, obviously, a lot of people tried to uh, drill and get the silver mines. There was a lot of this, and there was a lot of fighting over those resources because they saw this as a very sacred place. Now, if these yahoos were maybe a precursor or another variant of Bigfoot. I don't know. But it did seem when they came and tried to more or less just do what they just run Ramsack over over the planet uh, in that part of the country, that's when that's when these sort of creatures appeared. And uh you know it's just so strange. You hear stories like that but and this is a very well respected you know especially during the time he an explorer he's a you know a war vet a fighter a very solid guy in 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 the circles he was in, so you have to kind of look at it more than just uh is this guy having a nip, you know, on the the hunting trail or whatever. You know, this guy took his stuff very seriously. So,
1: so in other words, (laughs) Daniel Boone himself had encounters with the the Yahoos, whether they were the wild men or Bigfoot. Uh, But you also bring it up to the the reports from the early 20th century, so the early 1900s, encounters with uh, female female Bigfoot who were um, terrorizing people, taking... Taking prisoners, killing small children
0: yes, yes, and it's one of these things that, and again, I know there's a lot of big bigfoot hunters out there that don't want to hear that, and that's i, I don't even know what to say uh i don't have a I don't have a, a dog in that fight, if you were, but um there was i believe yahoo was uh was the pronunciation I was looking for originally, but apparently, yeah. You know, there was a lot of interactions that did include kidnapping, rape, and even child murder. Uh, I've heard of where apparently these creatures would not call them creatures because they don't, they're not acting very human, but they would more or less grab men on the trail, make them sex slaves, and they'd have like these sort of half human offspring. And I don't know if maybe that is what, you know, you hear of certain Bigfoot that have more human elements. And you know, I've even heard some supposedly can talk in sort of a a little bit more of a sophisticated click style of uh, communication. But I don't know. I mean, they've never, no, Nobody's have been uncovered, so who knows? But it's, again, I wouldn't have thought that. I wouldn't have thought that in Kentucky. I just wouldn't have thought we would have had anything like that. So
1: a uh, hybrid human Bigfoot uh, children, basically, running around. Yes. Unbelievable. All yeah. right. Um, we've got about three minutes here before the break. I just want to dial back to some of your earlier books. The um, The Kentucky, uh, the penitentiary in Kentucky. Did you work there? You were a corrections officer. Did you work in that particular penitentiary, or was it
0: closed sure. by then? No, no. Kentucky State Penitentiary is going to be open until, uh, man, I don't know. Uh, we... You know, we will cut and slice and butter a piece of bread six ways. Uh, That's just how, you know, it is in in the South anyway. But uh, anything in corrections, it's going to have four or five lives before it's ever done. It's still up and running. Uh, They have made certain changes to keep up with modern health codes and safety issues and whatnot. But, no, it's still, there's there's no sign of it shutting down. But, yes, I worked there uh, between there and... The uh, what they call the farm center, which was a minimum to medium security facility, I'd worked there for over ten years, and also I worked as a uh, deputy jailer in uh, that sort of uh, capacity before you know getting into what I'm doing at the Kentucky Penitentiary.
1: Was it your? Was it your? Did you have a a father or a grandfather who worked there on death row, or
0: or? Well, okay. Here's the thing. My pop. Uh, Who's no longer with us. He started out working as a prison guard back in, like, the 50s. So he started there, and his dad did not dig it at all. He did not care for it. That's because my my dad's dad was a bootlegger and counterfeiter, and due to the fact that his son was now working in law enforcement, he couldn't get jobs. Uh, It was Uh my dad who said, well, you can get a job, just not the sort of jobs you're talking about uh which is funny cuz he my grandfather actually went on to become a grave digger for the uh for the local mortuary in Princeton and uh so I always say what do you get when you have a you know a convict and then a prison guard for dad you end up with a writer eventually but, but yeah <laughs> no it, doubt so no doubt
1: is- well thank god uh your grandfather a uh, a bootlegger counterfeiter grave digger and uh, his father worked in corrections and then we have Steve Asher, folklorist. We'll uh, we'll take a quick time out, Steve. We'll go back and uh, delve into some of the more curious counties of Kentucky. Back with more on the other side. Don't go away.
0: Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett.
1: Folklorist Steve Asher is with us. More curious counties of Kentucky. This is volume two. He takes... Uh, a deep dive into each of Kentucky's 120 counties, and each has a a tale of of high strangeness. Now, we were going back to uh, your work as a correctional officer at um, Kentucky State Penitentiary. Um, you told me once that um, you were very curious. You went up to, um, I guess they call it like the Green Mile, and you sat in the electric chair. What was that
0: like? Well. This is sort of, uh, it's tradition. It's, uh, it's a ghoulish tradition, but a lot of times they would take newer folks in, show them the death room, which to also state the fact that this is a very serious place to be. And so some people would sit in it, some people wouldn't. I'm like, that's fine. So I was sitting there and I was thinking about it and I was thinking like, okay, well, what, what would these men be thinking about? So we're sitting there and you know I kind of brace up, you know, I know they're gonna tie your hands down, pull your legs up against the seat. And I'm thinking, what am I thinking right before right before the switch is tossed? And I'm thinking, only thing I would know to do it's like if anybody had a big brother or whatever, and you know they're getting ready to frog you in the arm or whatever, punch you in the chest or something, you sit there, you brace yourself. You flinch and yeah. Yeah, right. You kind of lock your, lock your body. And that's the thing with electricity. It's, it makes you seize up. And so as I was thinking about that, I kind of gripped my hands on the, uh, on the wooden handles of the chair, which is known as Old Sparky. And it's, it's killed a lot of men. And so anyway, that happened and I kind of got up and I, I noticed it felt really weird and I had kind of looked under the, uh, under the hand pad and there was all these little half moons and I thought that was really curious uh these little brown or black half moons and so I spoke to the gentleman and uh I was walking off we were leaving and had sort of an odd feeling in the room and and I kind of wiped wiped my forehead because it was hot down there and I kind of smelled something and and I had a weird smell on my hands which I, I know what it is now it's death but um I asked the man, I said, What's for those half moons under there? He says, Well that's when they go into a death grip and their nails dig in and they just basically just steam. Their nails steam into the uh into the wood. So that was that was a very wow. sobering and you know, it lets you know where you're at for me. I I always try to take the job serious. And uh so yeah, that was a sobering moment for me.
1: I'll bet. I'll bet. Uh, back to Curious Counties in Kentucky. We mentioned the Hart brothers, these uh, mercenaries who, who uh, were trying to strike fear into their victims and uh, they had, as you say, rape gangs and in, in some cases I guess they would uh, they would eat parts of their victims. But there was someone who was sort of formally known as the Kentucky cannibal. He was a, he was a gunfighter by the name of um, Helm, Levi Boone Helm. Um, was he was he related to to um Daniel Boone? Uh, is that where he got his middle name or do we know?
0: I'm not one hundred percent sure on uh Boone Ham is what most people call him. Uh he was around like eighteen twenty eight, I think he was born. And I, I don't know. I mean he it could have been. Could have very well been some uh some distant uh distant thing to him, which, I mean, obviously, he, he was a mountain man himself, uh, you know, Old West-style gunfighter and serial killer, and that's the thing of where he uh, did have that panache for eating human flesh, Now, although it, some of it was in survival situations, but he, he really had no qualms about it, and uh, had even been accused of attacking some of his, like, trailmates with, uh, he had, like, a bowie knife. And he'd always want to be throwing that around and do all this sort of stuff. And, and he was—he was very, very, uh, what you call it, uh, well, well versed in riding horses and throwing weapons and stuff like that. And uh, he, he did very, very well in the in, in the circle of uh, getting out there and exploring and whatnot. But uh, he didn't. He—he he was very much about, you know, serial murder and cannibalism. It just—I don't know. It's, for whatever reason, it. It uh, kind of got into your system uh, for the better better part of it. And, you know, there's a thing where even when he would kill people unrelated to this, there was always that element of him consuming them. You know? Right. And, you tell uh, the story of him going
1: back, um, killing somebody, eating them, and then he... He himself was injured, and then when he i guess he recovered, he went back and he ate the rest of his victim.
0: Yes, yeah, like you're going back for his kill. he had actually said he said many of the poor devil I've killed at one time or another, and the time has been that I've been obliged to feed on him some more, wow,
1: and he was so. defiant right to the end, right, when he was on the gallows,
0: yeah, you yeah, know he 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 knew what he was, it's uh. It, it is very weird to you know uh, most most guys have a certain element of repentance or even feigned repentance you know but no not this guy right you right here all. that um he uh he
1: jumped from the hangman's box before it was kicked out from under him as a final act of
0: defiance yes like I say right. he, he was not going to go gently into that good night
1: all right we'll uh, take another quick timeout. we'll come back with folklorist author steve asher's we'll get to uh, some questions from the youtube live chat as well as we discuss high strangeness in kentucky back with more in a moment my name is richard sarin
0: you want the truth you can handle the truth the Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett.
1: Folklorist Steve E. Asher is here. His new one, brand new one, is More Curious Counties of Kentucky. And um, were you affected at all by the uh, tornadoes, Steve?
0: Here in Princeton, uh, especially where my, my brother, I would, I would say, lived. He's, he's, uh, he's alive, but his, his home is gone. The whole area out on the uh, south side of... Caldwell was pretty decimated uh nothing like Dawson Springs or Mayfield Kentucky but definitely there was uh, a lot of carnage a lot of people didn't make it out um so I was lucky enough not to be on that side of town when that come through but definitely have been you know involved with you know, aiding things like that. You know, we did like toy drives and stuff for the kids for Christmas and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, that's, that's one of the good elements that I've seen so far. I, I don't like the people looting and all that, but there was that, uh, it, it did bring a lot of people together, which is what you're supposed to do in times of, uh, of dark times like that. Um, there was right. something I actually heard about that I was going to mention if I got a second. Um, yeah. There had been apparently reports of, Different situations of either being a guardian angel, or some sort of benevolent presence. Uh, there's been several people that we'd spoke to. I was actually in Mayfield today, uh, visiting, checking on some family, and there were several different people that mentioned either having like a get down in the back of their head, or almost had somebody felt like they pushed them down before the before the uh, the storm hit. There's been people that have talked about seeing. I don't know. I don't know what you would call it. There was a lot of lightning in this tornado, so it could have been any element. It could be uh, the electromagnetic field uh, being affected by the storm barometric pressure. But some people had mentioned what they thought they had saw was something like that would be considered an angel. So, be it a guardian angel, I don't know. Mm. But it was I, that just struck me as pretty strange. I'll say. All right. To the
1: YouTube live chat, Uh, Von Strasburg is, oh, he's, Von Strasburg is in the Rumble chat and is asking, Steve, do you have any stories about Laurel County? Uh, Apparently his ancestors settled that town. Laurel, Laurel County. Any stories? Yeah, Laurel County was actually the one that talked about the
0: Tambora explosion. Uh, Ah, yes. That's uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln's whole, whole town. No, there was uh, one I was going to say in L- Laurel County, and uh, this had had to do – let me get back down here to it. Well, oh, that was uh, um, the story of Reuben Ridge. Right,
1: right, right. We talked Reuben about – yeah, we talked now, about
0: Reuben Ridge. There's, there's there was the, another uh, one I was going to tell you – just have to get oh. back to it – where there had been an explosion, and we had talked about some mines, mine explosions and whatnot, and they were not for sure what – what had happened, and but there was people reporting that supposedly that there was a I guess you would call it a goblin, a, a goblin. goblin that had uh, apparently messed up some of the some of the uh, equipment. And this is uh like on the mountain. It's up on a oven fork, and supposedly this is this is in Letcher County. Uh, supposedly the comments was that the uh, grotesque sprites. We we were to live down in the deep crags, been waiting for anyone foolish enough to come to explore there in their in their region as they lived in the belly of the mountain, uh, and they were more or less doomed there for forever seeking out silver and gold. Uh, you know again, it sounds really funny, but to this day coyotes avoid that area a lot of uh not a lot of people want to try to apparently build in that area. there just seems like it's just bad mojo in that area. To take it take it for what it's worth but you know is it without you know a possibility of being something like that who knows uh Gary
1: new or Gary Gnu Gary New, I'm guessing uh, asks are there many Bigfoot sightings in Kentucky Gary adds I don't really think of it as a Bigfoot state
0: well you gotta understand I mean there, there's still a lot of open open areas in Kentucky I mean it's it's very much, you know, a lot of lake lands, a lot of wild game, a lot of deer. So why not? A lot of cave systems for things to hide. You know, um, people don't think about Kentucky being like um, Mothman. But right across from, you know, West Virginia, there's parts of Kentucky that are also affected with, like, the sightings of things that resemble the Mothman. So it's one of those things that I would not say it is as famous Obviously, as uh, parts of the uh, out west and, and up, you know, in the mountains and Seattle area and things like that. But it's, uh, yeah, there's stuff going on. And, you know, you can t- also touch on things like, you know, goat band and things like that. There's, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. And, and, again, because most people, it's sort of a flyover state for some, unless they're about kind of getting into the pastoral areas and the history. But there's a lot more going on here than just, you know, bourbon and fried chicken.
1: <laughs> I'll say MacGuffin or McGoffin County. Uh, tell me about this because there's, um, there's something about a blood curse in MacGuffin County. Right. Like I'm
0: actually bopping down here right now. Sorry. It takes me out a minute.
1: That's all right. Chapter 14, MacGuffin County.
0: Well, it's funny that the people there in that area, uh, a lot of people were known as, uh, and I'm going mis- to, I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce this, the Maguljan uh, Maguljans, I believe, and it's actually an Arabic term, uh, and it's spelled Melonjin. and it's more or less a, a derogatory term to these people, and um, and it's just really really strange because uh, there's people talked about lost tribes of uh, everything touching on with. Viking pygmies, descendants of giants, all this different stuff is tied in to these people. And uh, it's it's what's really weird is that, you know, they were able to do like DNA and then dispel this myth that, you know, all this was going on. But there was, you know, that talk of uh, a blood curse and that these people were very much kind of pushed off, again, pariah type situations. And that's where they were more along the mountain ranges and through eastern Kentucky, parts of Tennessee, Virginia, and even North Carolina, Uh, even a few northern states as well, and that they have their own kind of culture and their roots. And they get, of course, ties up with Native Americans, African slaves, some elements of uh, Europe and whatnot. But for whatever reason, it's, you know, how it is. You're in a small, isolated area. It's very easy to become kind of demonized, especially if you have any kind of racial elements going on you know, with the aggressors toward whomever. But it's uh, it's, it's interesting because, like I said, these people have actually embraced their heritage and embraced their various roots and stuff like that. So it's, it's pretty cool.
1: It's All right. Uh, it's think, thinker out. asks, Steve, what county do you find the most interesting or mysterious? If you had to pick one out of 120 counties, which one would it be? Steve, I know that's a hard question.
0: Man. Yeah, that is extremely hard to say. Um, man, it really depends on what you're looking at. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at... I mean, I always had a thing always had a thing for the... Uh, for, like, the Kelly... the, the Kelly Greenman invasion. You know, when they talked about... You know, Kelly is up there in uh, Hopkins, uh, Hopkins County. And uh, Geraldine Stiff and her family and stuff has really kept that alive. And it talked about, basically, there was a cr- family in the 50s and... Their home, their farm, came under attack by a group of what they said were aliens, and they had a heck of a shootout. I mean, there was bullet bullets through everything, and it ended up having a lot of uh, national attention. At first, it was kind of like you know, all these crazy rednecks are out there dipping into that corn hash, you know, whatever that mash, but it was taken seriously enough that the army came there. And the Army supposedly took samples of stuff on the farm. So for me, I just always thought that was really interesting that for a long time, these guys were kind of like the joke of the county. But at the end, they really had the last laugh because then that strange event became part of what the county was known for.
1: It's a legendary story. Uh, right attack
0: there, of sure.
1: little green men indeed. Alright, uh, Steve always a pleasure and I'm going to talk to you on uh, Coast later this month. Looking forward to that actually next week we'll uh, gotcha. we'll connect and we'll hear more uh, stories of curious counties from Kentucky this is volume 2, more curious counties of Kentucky. Always a pleasure Steve, thank you so much for this.
0: Thank you again and, and, and God bless everybody and, and have a safe night until we speak again.
1: Alright, Steve E. Asher, my thanks to Carlos Kajina, Ryan White. I'll be back next week with a brand new program. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There is nothing concealed that won't be revealed, and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light, what I say in a whisper. Proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.